Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the seventh episode of the Hockey Collective Show. I'm your co-host Nick Bowens alongside Mac Fleming and Tyler Mataraz. As always, crazy week of hockey, but Tyler, personal life, brother, how's it been? It's been good, watching a lot of hockey, working a lot, but uh, I think the main thing, boys, is tomorrow morning, I'm heading to Punta Cana, Dominican Republic. I got the vacation hat on, the Tecate hat, pretty good Mexican beer, boys, but uh Heading for a bachelor party tomorrow, so I got a seven-day bender up ahead. And uh, Mac, I don't know if I'm ready for it. It sounds like a time and a half, a week-long bachelor party. I had a weekend, and it was too much for me, so good luck with that. I'm excited for when you get back, and Movember ends, and you shave that stash off, and you got a nice little tan around it. That's what I'm looking forward to. Mac, you been up to much? Playing some hockey, watching some hockey, taking care of the kid. That's about it. That's my hockey, life these hockey, days. Hockey, hockey, hockey. How was the Halloween? Hockey. How was the Halloween with the the little one? Halloween was amazing. We dressed her up like a little old lady, and uh, <laughs> she impressed a lot of people. So, <laughs> saw that picture. That was great. Good stuff. Good stuff. Halloween. Yeah. Wow. That uh, came and went. I didn't take a break from eating Kit Kats. I just pounded Kit Kats all week. So, um, fellas, let's dive right into it. Like I said, crazy week of hockey here. Um, as always, we're going to kick it off with our three stars. Tyler, this last week, who's impressed you the most? Oh, it's got to be Nikita Kucherov, uh, probably my favorite player in the National Hockey League, boys. And Whoa. he's proving why he is the second best player in the National Hockey League behind Connor McDavid. Uh, three goals, five assists for eight points this week. Boys, he's got goals in six straight games. And on Saturday, he put one into an empty net. But before that, he was everywhere. He's setting everything up. He's had unbelievable touch passes, great shots this week. Nikita Kucherov is proving why he is one of the best players in the world. I can see uh, Nick's vein in his head just popping out right now. Nick is not a fan of Nikita Kucherov. Uh, why not? He's the second best player in the league. That's he's wild. the second best player in the world. In the world, that's wild. Yeah, I will Damn. be real curious to see how much the Russians were paying you to say that one there. <laughs> uh, Putin's definitely sliding you some dollars. You got the red that. hat on, man. <laughs> goodness me, goodness me, second best player. Um, a dude who's not the second best player, but going to give him some love anyway. Miko Rantanen, he went back home to Finland and put <laughs> on a show. He had a hat trick and an assist in the first game there against Columbus. Followed it up with another assist in game two. Guy goes back to his home country and puts on a clinic. Got to see, got to love it. Got to be happy for him doing that. Uh, Rantanen's going to be my star of the week. Not the most uh, sung hero on that team. Obviously, McKinnon, McCarr. So let's give the dude some praise. What a week for him. Um, Mac, your guy put up a couple points this week too. Yeah, Tage Thompson had himself a big week. I think he had nine points in the week, including a six-point performance where he had three goals and three assists. And two of those goals were highlight real goals. Just sick. I don't know. His hands for being that big are just unfair at this point. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, Mac, when you were uh, away there and we had Alberga on, we asked him what he thought of the Jack Eichel trade looking back about a year ago. We just officially passed the one-year anniversary of that. Tage Thompson's lighting it up. Vegas is made out just fine. We'll touch on them later. Mac, what's your take on the Eichel trade looking back? I think it's it's kind of a win for both teams at this point, right? I mean, Eichel's kind of paying off right now. Obviously, they're in first place in President's Trophy uh, territory at this point. Um, and, you know, Tuck and Krebs have been serviceable. I mean, Tuck's been way more unserviceable, but Krebs has been a serviceable player as well. So it's it's exciting to see both sides pay off in a, a big way in a trade like that. 
Yeah, nothing better than just a pure hockey trade like that, right? Like, yeah, there's a couple picks. We're going to see where those end up. But nothing better than a trade that a year later we're going, hey, both teams are where they want to be and they got what they want out of it. No more cap dumps and all that crap that we're seeing in every other deal these days. So that's a fun one. But, um, fellas, let's dive into the weekly rundown here. Team that uh, I think has caught a lot of people by surprise. couple dominant performances since we last chatted here. The New Jersey Devils. Jesper Bratt is tearing up the league. Tyler, what have you seen from the Devils? Man, this Devils team impresses you with their speed, their skill. They're getting saves now. Like, they actually have capable goaltenders. It sucks. Blackwood went down. But, man, Vitek Vanacek, Vanacek has been unbelievable. So, um, they're a really fun team to watch. When you tune into a Devils game, the skill and the speed is obviously a good thing. They were playing late Saturday night against Calgary. How fun was that game to watch? An overtime victory. But, guys... Like, they're doing it, and it's not just the big boys getting it done, right? It's spread out scoring. It's Jesper Bratt with five goals. It's Nico Heischer with five goals. Jack Hughes has four. Miles Wood all of a sudden has five goals. So uh, he was a, a big loss last year for this New Jersey Devils team. And defensively, they're just solid. They're a solid team back there. They're getting better. They added a few pieces in the offseason that helped solidify that blue line, obviously, with Marino, with Brendan Smith. So I like the way the Devils are playing right now. And if you asked me before the season, if they'd be third place right now in early November in the entire league, I'd call you crazy. Yeah, definitely. Mac, what about you? Anybody stood out there in New Jersey? I mean, I'm a huge, big, I'm a, sorry, I'm a big Hughes faither. I try to say that yes, times fast, but uh, but I've I've liked that guy since he was in junior, and and he's having a, not a huge breakout year, but I think he's going to get there at some point in the season with him and Brat. Um, also, Jay Fresh tweeted that they're the leading team in goals expect expected goals for per sixty, and the leader in expected goals against per sixty right now. They're averaging three point six three expected goals for per game which is 0.3 higher than Vegas in second. And they're below Carolina and Boston for uh, expected goals against, which is insane. Yeah. I mean, even remember back to the start of the year, fellas, two games in, they were chanting fire rough. We thought we were talking about Lindy losing his job all along through that. They were analytical darlings. And I think we're see, starting to see it pay off here. I'm kicking myself. What are we? 12, 13 games into the year. I've been high on the devils the last like three years this year. I finally said, you know what, New Jersey, you're not getting me again. Um, people like Dmitry Filipovich, Jeff Merrick, they rode with the Devils. They said, come on, Nick, they're going to figure it out this year. And those guys were pumping their tires all offseason, and it's paying off. I mean, this is the team that on paper the last couple of years we thought we were going to see. And, fellas, they've still got some young players coming up in the system. Like, if they can put it together this year, they've got a lot of good years ahead of them. Tyler, you touched on the goaltending. I mean, Vitek Venacek, holy cow, he's 5-1 and one with a 908 only letting in 2.21 on average there. Very impressed with the Devils, very impressed with the way that they're playing. And overall, the Metro just hasn't looked the way we kind of thought it would shake out. The Penguins, we hyped their praises at the start of the year. They've now lost seven in a row. When we talked last week, they'd lost four in a row. We come back a week later and they still haven't won a damn game. So, I mean, the Penguins, tough spot to be in right now for Pittsburgh. Tyler, what have you seen from them? It's like the opposite of the Devils right now, right? Like they're not getting the spread out scoring. They're not getting anything from the depth pieces. And it started off great this year for the Penguins. But all of a sudden, it's really just like Gensel who's back, Crosby, 
a little Brian Russ sprinkled in there that's noticeable and putting up points. Like you need more from Ricard Raquel. You need more from Jason Zucker and Danton Heinen, who's like playing on the top line right now. Yeah. You need a lot from your depth pieces. And that's been a problem with the Penguins the last few years. We know that. Sucks that they lost Tanev. How about that revenge game winner he had over the weekend on the Penguins? That one must have killed if you were a Penguins fan because they love turbo time there. So they are not getting that depth scoring. Uh, like the goaltending is okay. Uh, Jari's actually been not that bad, but the team in front of him can't get him timely goals. So Mac, that's their problem. It's almost the exact opposite of New Jersey. But that's why, I don't know, maybe later in the season, these teams can get a little closer in the standings. But for now, there's there's a lot of room between them. And they're just not there, and I don't get it. Like their team on paper looks good. Like they they have depth up front, or it seems like they have depth up front. They have not bad D throughout their throughout their top six, and Jerry's been good in recent years. Not that he's been bad, but um, he just hasn't been able to kind of save those timely or make those timely saves in important games or close games. Um, and I, I still think they get higher than where they're at right now, but they're in a scary situation right now for sure. Definitely. And Mac, you once said on these airwaves that uh, you can't win a playoff spot this early in the year, but you can definitely lose it. And I mean, boy, it's a seven game losing streak. That's tough to come back from. Like you both said, the goaltending's honestly been fine. Each guy is at a 903 or a 904 there respectively, but they have the second worst goals against in the East. So their defense obviously just isn't there. They're giving up too many transition chances. They're not putting themselves in competitive spots, but I mean, Pittsburgh, I, I think they'll figure it out a bit with Crosby, Malkin, Latang, et cetera. Those guys obviously know how to win and get it done, but definitely worrisome if you're in Pittsburgh there and um, you kind of got to wonder what uh, what old Berkey's got up his sleeve there. If anything, he's uh, he's not one to shy away from a trade in a, in a situation like this. Um, another team that's uh, a little bit on the ropes right now that we're going to touch on is the St. Louis Blues. Um, I wanted to kick this off with the goalies, fella. I mean, we know that uh, they let Huso go this soft season and kept Bennington said he was going to be their guy. We know the controversy that was there last year. Bennington's off to a three and four start with an eight, seven, nine and a three forty goals against average. While Huso, the guy that they moved on from is five, one and one with a nine forty one and one eight, six goals against in Detroit. Absolute opposite polar ends of the spectrum there. I mean, is Bennington the problem, Tyler, or what's going on in St. Louis? Yeah, I truly think it's the team in front of him. He hasn't been one of the worst goaltenders that I've seen. Like, he's impressed me more than Jacob Markstrom in Calgary. He's, or even Jack Campbell in Edmonton, but yeah. it's the team in front of him that has to get it done. Kind of like we talked about with the Penguins. They need more scoring. Like, who would have thought the captain, Ryan O'Reilly, who came out and pretty much shouldered the blame for how bad this team is doing, has one goal through nine games. He has zero assists. Jordan Cairo has zero assists through these nine games. How is that even possible for players with as much talent as them? So at some point, they're going to figure it out. But with this slow of a start in the Central Division, seeing the Blues in dead last place, it's not thing, not a thing a Blues fan could have guessed right now, especially after waiting so long for them to play more than one game. And they were undefeated after three, and all of a sudden, they just can't even buy a win. Yeah, and unlike the Penguins, who are kind of getting unlucky bounces here and there and, and still outplaying teams the odd time, St. Louis just isn't. Like, they've got a, minor, a negative expected goals for a percentage, and that's not good for a team that, you know, had 97 or sorry, 107 points last year, and we're expected to get at least 95 this year. And, and that was one of my picks this year. So, uh, not looking good for Max Betting account right now, but 
Another team that uh, is making me look good, hopefully, is Vegas. Uh, I had them a little bit of bounce back, so hopefully they can continue that as we touched on a little bit earlier. Um, but yeah, they're. I don't know what else to say about Vegas right now, Nick, but uh, what do you got? Yeah, I mean, they've been super impressive. They're on a seven-game win streak, complete opposite of Pittsburgh there. Uh, they're 11-2 and two overall, plus 19 goal differential. That ties them with Dallas for, I believe, the second best. I think Boston's at 21-22, their first in the league there. Uh, but Eichel, he's we touched on him earlier. He looks great. He's over a point per game. They've got the depth. That was a bit of a question going into the season, is would all their guys that have kind of scored the last couple of years, would they keep it up? And they are. They've got seven guys with over 10 points through 13 games that's awesome and then their goaltending I mean we were scratching our head fellas but Logan Thompson we've all heard about him the last couple of weeks he's six and two with a 934 Aiden Hills 5-0-0 with a 925 maybe that regresses a little bit maybe it's the defensive style that they're playing a little bit Tyler is this the Bruce Cassidy effect are these goaltenders for real or what are you seeing in Sin City it's the Bruce Cassidy effect, without a doubt. Uh, he's got them playing some good defensive hockey and just trusting the forwards to go out and do it, and that's what they've been doing. You mentioned Aiden Hill's stats there, Nick. Guy hasn't lost a game yet. Are you kidding me? That's ridiculous. We saw flashes of it down in the desert when he was playing with the Coyotes, but I didn't think he could be be this good of a goaltender. You can even argue that he's a little more consistent than Logan Thompson sometimes when you watch him. So they're set right now. I don't even know if Laurent Brassois, when he's healthy, is the number two goalie. He might even be in the number three goalie behind these two guys now. But yeah, the scoring's there. Jack Eichel's so fun to watch on the power play. The way he can sling it around and just wait for that opening. You see the skill with Eichel that was missing in Buffalo, especially once the injuries hit him. But yeah, the scoring's there. Like Wild Bill Carlson's back at it. Marsha So and Riley Smith are back at it. They're so fun to watch when they're aligned. And even like Nick Waz getting in on the scoring, we saw Keegan Colasar score on Saturday. When your bottom pieces are scoring and contributing, you're going to be one of the top teams in the NHL. And Mac, that's what we're seeing with the Golden Knights. Yeah, and Carlson's assist last night, I think it was last night where he had that pretty assist. That was gorgeous. Did and, you guys and... watch them against Montreal there? Yeah. That I love that that's a rivalry. Like it's all because of that playoff series a couple of years ago, but who would have thought that Montreal and Vegas ends up being a heated kind of contestants there, eh? That's wild. And and Vegas's defense, I've got to say, is very underrated with kind of our draft coming up uh, in a couple of seconds here. Um, but yeah, their their defense is very, very underrated. Uh, Shea Fedor still doesn't get the respect he deserves in this league. And, and he's probably one of the top 10 D in the league, in my opinion. Yeah, he's uh he used to always be one of my favorite players in Hut. I'm gonna put that on the record that Hut be a GM, whatever it was, Shay Theodore, get that guy on your lineup. Um, another team out west, fellas, that we were again a little bit low on going into the season. They're playing well right now. We'll see if it continues. But Tyler, what's cracking in Seattle? A lot's cracking. Hey, Shane Wright had double digit minutes a couple Whoa. nights ago, and then he regressed to like eight and something yeah. on Saturday against the Pittsburgh Penguins. He was on for a goal again. I guess he was a plus in that game. So that's a good thing. But Seattle's really fun to watch. I mentioned Brandon Tanev earlier, a guy that Pittsburgh unfortunately lost during the expansion draft of the Kraken. Man, Tanev's so fun. Yanni Gord's finally kind of starting to get his feet wet. He couldn't even pick up a point within the first few games of the season, but he's starting to kind of figure it out offensively. And their blue line is slowly but surely kind of doing what they did near the latter portion of last season. They've impressed me a little. Uh, it's always fun watching the big rig Jamie Alexiak out there, whether he's doing something defensively or beating the shit out of someone, which he did the other night. Uh, yeah, it's fun to watch this cracking team. I don't think they'll be in the playoffs, but they're going to excite you more than they did in year one. 
I kind of think this is kind of like the Devils we talked about earlier. Everybody thought last year that they were going to be that statistical darling defensive team last year, and that's kind of how they're turning out to be this year. Their expected goals against the top five in the league right now, and maybe that's more of a testament to their team defense rather than Jones. Um, but yeah, I, I I had them high last year, and they kind of failed me, and I had them low this year, so they're doing the opposite. So it's kind of like the Devils situation earlier that Nick talked of. I'm I'm not buying it. I'm just going to say it right now. I'm not buying it, Seattle. I think it's they're a fun team to watch, like you said, Tyler. Schwartz, Beniers, Everly, that's one of the best trios to watch if we're just talking pure entertainment and joy. But, fellas, their five top scorers, or their five leading scorers right now in order, are Schwartz, Burakovsky, Beniers, McCann, and Everly. Schwartz is minus seven, Burakovsky's minus six, Beniers minus nine, McCann minus four, and Everly minus eight. They're ninth in goals, despite being 17th in shots for. I think they're getting puck luck right now. You look at some of their scores, they're winning a lot of four, three, five, four games. I think they're getting puck luck. I think with Martin Jones and Philip Grubhauer between the pipes there, they're not going to continue this. Seattle is going to fall, and that's where my money would be if I were a betting man. Yeah, they've, they've had a couple of days. Sorry. Yeah, go for it. I was just going to say, Grubauer is hurt right now, too, with a lower body. So maybe that goaltending position gets a little bit better when he comes back, but we'll see. Yeah, one game they had Joey DeCord and Chris Gibson as their TAM. That's their three and four goalies. But hey, Nick, they've had a couple fun comebacks. I'd, I'm not going to disagree. Yeah. They are getting some puck luck, and I'd probably get used to that just by looking at their stats. I think a lot of those top guys are probably going to be minuses throughout the whole season, which is unfortunate for them. It's also they're playing a lot of good teams in the Pacific Division. But, uh, hey, they've had some fun comebacks to watch. Like, if you're watching cracking games, maybe you expect a lot of goals being scored, which we've seen. But, hey, they've uh, they've excited us here so far in, uh, in year number two. We're going to do something a little bit different here in the back half of the episode here today, guys. We're going to do our underrated players draft. This term gets thrown around so much in hockey. Everybody's sick of it. So we're going to put the names that we actually think are underrated in this here. So the three of us are each going to pick a player from each team. Today, we're just going to do the Eastern Conference. We're going to run through it. Snake draft between us here. We're going to name the player. We're going to defend our case and we're going to go on from there. Tyler, Mac, any uh, final thoughts here before we dive in? Going to be interesting to see who we all think are underrated and who we think those players are not underrated. Because, yeah, it's a, it's a broad term, I'd say, in sports or hockey. Yeah, yeah it's it more uh, underrated or under-talked about. Kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Depends a little bit where you play. I think we're all going to agree as a law here that Sasha Barkov is not underrated. I think we can all agree on that. Neither is Ajo. Uh, Neither is Ajo. Yeah, the oh, defenseman on the Islanders. Oh, my God. Jeez. All right. Let's start this. Yeah, let's get we, into we got it. Some yeah, talking let's to get do. into it. So we're going to kick things off here. We're going to go alphabetical order. Boston Bruins are up first. Tyler, who is your most underrated player on the Bruins? It's got to be Linus Allmark, their goaltender. So like take that. this season out. He's eight and one. He finally lost his first game against the Toronto Maple Leafs on Saturday. But before that, like you talk about the Boston Bruins, you just talk about goaltending in general. You don't really talk about Linus Allmark. I think we all thought Jeremy Swayman was going to be the starter this year. But Allmark showed when in Buffalo, in like the two full seasons he had there pretty much as a backup, he didn't have a losing record. They were terrible, yeah. the, the Buffalo Sabres. They were the worst team maybe in the league at, in some of those years. And Linus Allmark came in. I think he had an over 900 save percentage in both of the seasons that he played there. Comes to Boston, is consistent. And guys, he is showing why he is a very underrated goaltender. When we talked about goalies a few episodes ago, I don't even know if any of us had him as a number one goalie in the league. I'm pretty sure we didn't. 
I think very soon we're all going to kind of change our list and have Lena Salmark as a number one goaltender. I like that pick. I like that pick a lot. I'm going to say it might be a little bit because of the system there, but your Buffalo argument is a, is a great rebuttal there. Um, I will say I hardly had goalies on my list because I think goalies are weird, uh, but I think that's a completely fair pick. My pick for the Bruins is going to be Charlie Coyle. I feel like he was just your complete league average player before he went to Boston. He's a perfect fit there for the Bruins. Big bodied centerman that's skilled with the puck, good hands in tight, responsible defensively, absolute Boston Bruin recipe there. And I think he's just a perfect fit for them. So uh, I think he slept on as kind of that middle six center there. He plays power play, PK, good dude to have there. Uh, Mac, who would be uh, your third pick here, but your uh, your underrated player? Yeah, I've kind of got the same kind of mindset as you Nick where it's the guy that kind of struggled when he was with the Devils is Pavel Zaka he's got mm-hmm. seven points in 12 games this year and he's kind of he's on pace for a, his best season of his career so uh, hopefully he keeps that up I like that I like that let's move on to uh, the Buffalo Sabres here uh, I will go first on this one snake draft we might get a little bit lost here as we go but bear with us uh, Rasmus Dahlin had the goal streak Tage Thompson had a six-point game Alex Tuck had a hat trick and a couple good games there, but you know who leads the Buffalo Sabres in goals? That would be Victor Olofsson. He is my most underrated player. He's a little bit one-dimensional, I will say that, but the guy's going to put up 20 goal seasons in his sleep. He's got a wicked shot. He's perfect on the power play. A good winger to have with some of their young centers there that can distribute the puck, move quickly north to south. I think he's a dude that gets forgotten about there with a lot of the young names and breakout players that they've had the last couple of years, so Victor Victor Olofsson, the stylish Swede, that's my most underrated player in Buffalo. Anybody care to argue me on it? I just love no. calling him Victor Golofsson. There we go. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Looks like we did good. Looks like we did good. Mac, who have you got in, in uh, Buffalo there? Yeah, I mean, Olofsson's on pace for the Cy Young in the, in the East yeah. right now, which is great for hockey, obviously. Goals yeah. and goals, goals, goals. Uh, I'm actually going to touch back on Jeff Skinner. I think he's kind of got lost on a lot of the young guys here in Buffalo. And he was highly rated a few years ago, but he's kind of lost that edge after he had that very, very poor season after that big signing. And he's kind of made up for the last couple of seasons playing with uh, Tuck and Thompson. So I hopefully he keeps that up um, going forward. And I, I still think he's underrated at this point. I think we can agree probably underrated, definitely not underpaid. No, his, <laughs> his pockets are way too heavy. I've seen some great fantasy names as well. Sim- Simpsons referenced Skinner fantasy names. But guys, I'm going to go with a guy on the back end that really no one talks about because he's just a defensive defenseman. But it's Henry Yoki Haru. Rick Jenneret had a really tough time saying his name. I think we all do. It's tough spelling it as well. Um, but Henry Yoki Haru is just a guy that's going to eat pucks, stop top lines on other teams and never get talked about by pretty much anyone fans or media. So you need one of these guys on your team. They got Labushkin there now as well, but Henry Yoki Haru from Chicago to Buffalo, he kind of didn't have too much time to show his worth with the Chicago Blackhawks, but so far in Buffalo, you like what he does defensively. So I'm going to go with Yoki Haru as an underrated player on the Sabres. That was the Alex Nylander trade. Yeah. I think it was. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Interesting. <laughs> Sorry, Mac. Sorry, Mac. But uh, this will cheer you up, Mac, your fourth favorite team behind uh, Colorado, Chicago, and Toronto, the Carolina Hurricanes. Who is your most underrated player on maybe the most underappreciated team in the league? Definitely the most underappreciated team in the league is my cup favorites, uh, Martin Nietzsche, as uh, as my pick here. Uh, I told Tyler before the season he's going to have a better season than Jarvis, and he didn't believe me. And now he's at 17 points in 11 games. And he's having a huge breakout year, and I love it. 
He, if you haven't watched him, watch him. We, uh, we're probably all going to hop off here and watch the Leafs and Canes game at five o'clock on Sunday here after this. But this dude is so skilled. I don't think uh, either of us can argue that pick there. Um, I'm going to go a little bit different route than the uh, smooth, silky, skilled guy there. I'm going to go with Brett Pesci. I think the last couple of years have all been about Jacob Slavin, uh, which don't get me wrong. He's great, but everybody's been pumping the Slavin train so hard that Brett Pesci slid under the radar. That dude just does not make errors. He is TJ Brody on steroids. He might be kind of... I don't know. I don't know who to compare him to. I suck at comparisons, but he's, he's disgusting. He doesn't make errors. He's always in the right spot. And that is a dude that 32 out of 32 teams would love to have on their PK, their top four, and probably their second power play. So Brett Pesci gets my vote. Um, Tyler, I think you might've been supposed to go there. Who's your pick? That's all right. I love me some Brett Pesci. I love me some Marty Natchez. Also, if you're wearing 88, you got to be good. And Natchez is showing that this year. Consistency is what's key for Marty Natchez. And he's finally doing that. I'm going with another forward. I'm going with a guy from Finland and another Chicago Blackhawk, former Chicago Blackhawk. It's turbo time. Tavo Teravainen. I, I guess he's underrated because he always just kind of slides under the radar. He's not really a like prototypical top line player. But man, his vision out on the ice is awesome. Him playing with Sebastian Ajo at times is really fun to watch. And we really never give Tavo Teravainen the respects he deserves. So I like him in Carolina. I think it's the perfect fit for him. So I'm going with uh, with Turbo Time. I like that. I like that. He is underrated. Again, probably a little bit just because he's the third best player on his line. PM the third best player on that line makes you a pretty good damn pretty damn good player on other lines as well. So um, Mac, shifting gears to Columbus here. You're on the wraparound pick. Who do you got on the Blue Jackets? I'm going to take a blue liner here as well, Jake Bean. He, I, coming over from Carolina, he's still got that system in his mind, I think. Uh, he had 25 points last year, which is impressive for you know any defenseman from Columbus uh, other than Zach Wierenski. He's only got the four points this year, but I still think he's going to break out a little bit more this year. Yep, yep. Smooth skater, played super well in the WHL. Another Carolina D-man pick there. Anytime you get drafted by Carolina as a defenseman, it's probably a good sign. Um, Tyler, who do you got in Columbus? It's funny that we're staying on the blue line when defensively they've been atrocious this year, but I'm going to go with a guy with one of the best sellies when he scores, Vladislav Gavrikov. I love me some Vladislav Gavrikov and kind of like the Henry Yoki Haru pick I had for the Buffalo Sabres, just a guy that's going to do a lot. He actually puts the puck in the net quite often and scores some clutch goals for this Jackets team. So uh, I like watching some Gavrikov out there, like the perfect guy to just throw out there in a penalty killing role at the end of the game to eat some shots and just do the things that not a lot of offensive defensemen want to do. So Nick, I'm, I'm going with one of my favorites in Gavrikov. Yeah, I think that's a good pick. I was considering going with Andrew Peak. I think he slipped under the radar, but like you said, Columbus's D has been awful. Most goals allowed in the East, so I don't think I can pick a defenseman. I'm going to go with Cole Sillinger. Dude stepped into the league super young, eating middle six minutes there as a centerman, undersized centerman there. He just eats minutes. He plays hard. He's skilled. He's not a Kent Johnson or a Johnny Goudreau or a Patrick Laine on this team, but just a real heady player sees the ice well, and he's going to be a NHL or for as long as he wants. He's one of those guys that's going to end up with a 15, 20-year career here, just putting up good season after good season. So Cole Sillinger gets my pick there. Um, sliding to Detroit on the snake here, I'm going to go with Philip Hronick on the blue line. 
feel like he's an underappreciated name there in Detroit. Been there for a couple years now. Boys, he's playing 22 minutes a night. Like, that's nothing to snore at there. He's got six assists so far this year. Every year he's on a 30 to 40 point pace. Detroit's been kind of crap for the last couple of years. He's a hard-nosed player. Lots of hits, lots of shots. He's not afraid to block shots as well. So I'm going to take Philip Heronik there on Detroit. Mac, who are you going to take? That was my pick again, Nick. You're stealing all my picks. But uh, yeah, he, he was on a 40-point pace the last four years and, and is there again this year. Um, but my guy is going to be Vili Huso for them. Uh, we touched on him earlier in the pod, so I won't touch on him too much more. But uh, he definitely came in and stole that starting job from Ned. Definitely has. Definitely has. Tyler, you're a big Detroit guy. Who you got? Yeah, I love the Red Wings. I don't, hey, I don't know if this is a theme or not, but I'm going with another former Chicago Blackhawk. It's Dominic Kubalik, who's had one of his best yeah. starts to a season in his career, 14 points through 11 games. If we remember, he had 30 goals for the Chicago Blackhawks and then kind of tapered off a little in the previous season. So I like what Kubalik's doing so far in Detroit. They had him slotted in on the fourth line to start the year. Boom, all of a sudden with some injuries, he gets slotted up on the top line, getting some power play time. And Kubalik's showing us why he's a really underrated player. I like that. I like that pick. Um, might be a little bit of asset management question mark there by the Blackhawks, given your picks so far. Uh, but the Florida Panthers, Tyler on the snake here. Who do you got there? Uh, I got Carter Verhage, a.k.a. Swaggy P, whatever you want to call him, Swaggy Verhage. Uh, Carter Verhage proved in Tampa Bay that he's a reliable bottom six forward. And I think the Florida Panthers said, hey, we can put this guy in our top six and he can provide some offense for us. And that's what we're seeing so far from Carter Verhage in his short time with the Florida Panthers. I love what he does out on the ice. A former Toronto Maple Leafs draft pick. I think he got traded to the Islanders at one point a while back, but uh, he is thriving in Florida and is super underrated still. I'm going to hop in there because if I see one more time on Twitter, oh, I can't believe the Leafs lost this guy. They traded him before Austin Matthews was drafted. That was seven years ago. Get over it. He was a nobody. Same with Mason Marchman. Guys, Leaf, figure it out in the minors. Leaf fans will never get over those trades. Oh, you know Leafs fans on Twitter, man. I can't stand it. Um, I'm going to follow up your pick there, Tyler, with uh, Anton Lundell. He's been uh, a sneaky rookie there a couple years ago and just a super skilled player fits perfectly in Florida's kind of high-flying offensive system he he lost out on some minutes last year because they just had such good depth right uh, but that's a dude that I think is going to continue to take a step forward this year he hasn't shown it too too much so far early on this year but when I watch him he catches my eye every time and I will always bet on guys that uh, they just have that vision and sense when they have the puck right so I think he's going to figure it out and I think just given their depth the last couple of years he's a name that not too many hockey fans know so uh he's my pick there mac what do you got on the cats yeah i might be a little off the board here but he's my number one well after rahegi is colin white he's kind of come in this year he's kind of mm-hmm. he's looked really good in this florida system and and hopefully it keeps that up he was a big name prospect coming in uh or a decent sized prospect coming in and he never really showed that in ottawa other than maybe one season back a few years back um but yeah he's got eight points in 11 games and, and he's kind of breaking out right now yeah, I like also, that. Also, quick, Nick, he wears number six and he's a forward. Like, what is he, Brock Besser? <laughs> Don't wear number six if you're a forward. It works on Besser, though. It does work on Besser. I'll give him that. Like, Charlie Coyle was three in Minnesota. That didn't work. That did not no. work. Yeah, no, we gotta. We just got to do better as a society when it comes to numbers. No, your, know your spot. Um, Tyler, speaking of numbers, Montreal Canadiens, they put up some high-scoring numbers this year. Who do you like on them? 
think he's number 28. I'm going to hope I'm right on that one, but it's Christian Dvorak uh, was very underrated down in the desert. And so far in Montreal, he's so versatile, right? Like uh, Martin St. Louis can use him on the second line, can use him on the fourth line. And he's going to provide really a lot out there on the ice. He can get put onto a second power play unit. He can kill penalties. He can score timely goals, which he's done so far for the Montreal Canadiens. think he has a hat trick this year, but I really, really like Christian Dvorak and I hope he stays in Montreal because he really fits in on that team. I like that. I like that pick. Um, mine might be a little not underrated, but I think he's underrated just because of the narrative around him this summer when he was named the captain. Nick Suzuki. You know how many tweets and people and superheroes on social media were saying, oh, he's a third line center on a cup team. Oh, he's a second line center. Don't name him captain. Give it to Gallagher, blah, blah, blah. Nick Suzuki's over a point per game this year. Nick Suzuki's over a point since Murray St. Louis came in. He was Kind of misused under uh, whatever that doofus's name was before uh, the worst coach ever. Uh, but uh, overall, I mean, Suzuki, he just he doesn't get the respect of being an offensive player and, and just watching him every day a couple of years ago. Like he's just so smart and crafty out there. They have him with Doc and Caulfield right now. Talk about asset management by Chicago. Kirby Doc, that's another one that we should touch on, fellas. But uh, overall, Suzuki just not appreciated enough for his offensive awareness and prowess so far in Montreal. So he's my pick there. Mac, what do you got here? Yeah, I, I'm going to take, I'm going to go Ty's route here with a defensive defenseman and David Savard. I think he's kind of maybe not lost that underrated tag a little bit being picked up by Tampa a few years back for the, at the trade deadline and, and going on to win a cup. But uh, he's so versatile on the back end and he's so good defensively. Uh, it's just that reliable guy to have back there for sure. Yeah. I had him on my list as well. I think that's a great pick. Um, I'm also going to give some love to Caden Gooley. None of us picked him, but that dude, he's going to be a defenseman for years and years to come. He's uh, off to a great start there. Um, New Jersey, we pumped their tires earlier, so I'm not going to go into it too much here. Uh, but Jesper Bratt, it's underrated. He was a point per game guy last year. He was still going fifth, sixth, seventh round in a lot of fantasy drafts this year. That's garbage. He's at 17 points in 11 games, 12 games, whatever they're at now. But um, he's so fun to watch. I think we've said this three episodes in a row now, like watch him play, watch him skate. Fun dude, underappreciated team. Mac, who do you like in New Jersey? Yeah, they're not that boring team that they used to be. That's for sure. Mm -mm. And I'm going to kind of go with that two-way centerman Nico Heischer he's still super underappreciated there he's got some offense at a point per game right now and he's Mm -hmm. one of the best defensive forwards in the league hopefully we can get that uh coveted Selkie trophy at some point yeah Jeff Merrick would love that pick from you all right I'm going with another defenseman no I'm not I'm not going to go with another defenseman I could have this time but I'm going to go with another forward (laughs) let's keep the forward theme here going on the New Jersey Devils it's Yegor Sharangovich what Mm -hmm. else can this guy do and he is getting buried right now by a lot of the skill that we're seeing from guys like Heischer, from guys like Brat and Jack Hughes. So Igor Sharangovich, I think he'll be there for a long time. And he is almost the perfect guy to put onto your third line and can even play some top six minutes. So I'm a huge Igor Sharangovich fan. He had some fun moments for the Devils last season. And I think he's going to have some really big moments down the stretch, especially if the Devils are going to stay in a playoff spot. Yeah, I like that pick. I like that pick. I hate that you made me spell it out on the graphic here. No way I got that right. Did you get Uh, Yoki Haru, by the way? That's a tough one. 
Yogi Haru, Gavrikov, you're just making me grind out here. Sorry. Um, Dawson Mercer is another name I wanted to touch on there. We should give some of these teams love that have a lot of underappreciated players. That's another young guy who's on the up and up in New Jersey there. Um, and they have a lot there too. They have a lot and they're going to for years to come. Mac, the Isles, not as many, but still a couple good ones there. Who do you got? Mine is actually Brock Nelson. That guy is, goes flies so far under the radar. He has, a, I think he was scoring... I can't remember how many times I took him to score in a game and he was still like plus 150, 160 last year, but it was like seven or eight games in a row and he kept doing it time and time again. He scored so many goals late in the year last year. He's so good. I think you can tell from my reaction that I wanted him. Tyler, who do you got? <laughs> One of my old fantasy names, Brock Nelson Muntz, had a pretty good picture way back when. I'm going back to the blue line. I'm going with Adam Pellick, who still is super underrated. This is a guy that potentially could be on Team Canada next year at the World Cup. I don't know. Maybe he makes it as a sixth or seventh defenseman. But Adam Pellick does everything that you want a defensive defenseman to do. He's not going to be on the PP. That's Noah Dobson's job. And maybe, Nick, you talk about Noah Dobson a little because he's a really underrated player. But we got to give Adam Pellick some love. And the Pellick-Pullock pairing at times can get tough for broadcasters. But uh, I'm a big Adam Pellick fan. You, uh, I like that you guys know where I'm headed every time because, yes, I'm going with Noah Dobson, 22-year-old defenseman, eight points in 12 games so far this year. He's got 30 shots on net, and, I mean, guys, he's so fun to watch. He had 51 points last year in 80 games. Like, this dude is a power play specialist. No more Barry Trotz on the island means that him and Barzell are running loose a little bit, and it's been fun to watch. I mean, watching him skate, you remember him from the World Juniors and Junior Highlights and stuff. He can skate. He can move. Underrated is uh, maybe even an understatement when it comes to Noah Dobson. Um, Mac, if we go across the city there to the Rangers, who do you got there? This was such a tough one for me. I have no idea who's underrated on the Rangers because they're top-heavy and they're all talked about. I'm going to go Laffy. He's kind of, he's flying under the radar there right now. And he's not having the greatest year points wise, but he's so good both ways on the puck. And he's so tough on the puck in the offensive zone as well, creating chances for other guys. Uh, and that's where I'm going to stay for underrated right now. Yes, he was the first overall pick. I get that, but he's not being talked about at all on the Rangers right now. I like that. I like that tie. That's a really good one, Mac. Yeah, Lafreniere. He, he needs to turn into a superstar, close to a superstar very soon for the Rangers. You guessed it, guys. I'm going back to the blue line. K. Andre Miller, number 79 in New York. I don't know why. I'm, I'm not even a huge defenseman guy, but there's just so many underrated D-men out there. And he's not a defensive defenseman by any means, but he's more of a two-way defenseman. Mm -hmm. And K. Andre Miller, if he gets put into some more offensive roles in New York, which might be tough with Truba and Fox there, obviously even um, even Zach Jones coming into his own as an offensive defenseman. I think K. Andre Miller could up could put up more points than right now. But Nick, K. Andre Miller does it all for this Rangers team and he's growing into his body still. He's going to get even better. Yeah, again, that was my pick. You know, I love them young defensemen. So uh, I'm going to change it up a little bit and go with Vinny Trocek. I'm not sure if he's an underrated player. I think he was an underrated signing. Everybody looked at it as, oh, they're replacing Strom. Trocek is a warrior. He puts up points no matter where he goes, no matter who he plays with. He's going to put up top six points, and that's what he does. Uh, I think that contract was slept on. I think the addition to the room is big. If you watch an uh, Rangers pregame, postgame, he's the dude firing everybody up. Him and Reeves are at the back of the line cracking jokes, getting people going. That's a locker room guy through and through. I think that's a big addition to the Rangers room there so I'm gonna go with him 
Uh, and then to keep me uh, rambling here, going to Ottawa, my uh, my pick's going to be Shane Pinto. I feel like with the Stutzels, Tuchaks, Norris, etc., he never gets talked about. But guys, when I watch him play, that guy's going to be a player. He stepped into the second line center spot right now with Norris being out. So he's obviously getting a bit more opportunity and ice time. But he's got seven points in 11 games. Every year he's played. A, it came up and played a couple games and looked really good. He was great all the way coming through. He's got a good shot and just more than anything, uh, a trend with my players again. Tyler likes the big defensive defenseman. I like the small, heady players with great vision. And I think Pinto is going to put up a ton of points. And um, given that their top six is so stacked, if he's on the third line for the next three years, that's an outrageous third line center for the Ottawa Senators. I love the way he plays. Mac, who have you got? Yeah, that guy's going to battle Olofsson for Cy Young, I think, this year. Uh, yeah. Six six and one right now. Uh, <laughs> my guy is kind of the opposite. He's Drake, Drake Batherson, three goals and eight assists. Uh, again, he kind of falls behind those Kachuk, Drew, Stutzla, mm-hmm. Norris talks. Uh, I still think he's maybe not super underrated, but I, I think he's better than a lot of people give him credit for. Yeah, uh, Ty? We'll do another forward. I'll give some love to Matthew Joseph. I loved what he was doing in Tampa Bay. Uh, Stanley Cup champion and Matthew Joseph comes over to Ottawa, plays Tampa Bay earlier this week and scores a massive goal, killing a five on three. What a moment against your former team. But he's a perfect energy guy um, for for the Ottawa Senators to throw out there at any moment in the third period, whenever you want to throw an energy line out there. I was going to say Tyler Mott, but I kind of like what Matthew Joseph does more. Mm-hmm. He's speedy. He can show his skill off at times. Yes, he can be invisible sometimes and not score the the clutch goals, but that's why they got guys who, who you guys talked about, like Pinto, um, like Josh Norris up there, and, and like their big boys. For sure, for sure. Yeah, I think Joseph's never going to um, put up as many points as even Mott has. Mott's crazy hot right now, but Joseph, that's a dude that would fit again on all 32 teams somewhere in the lineup, right? Um, also want to give some love to Jake Sanderson there. I feel like he has not been talked about at all. He's playing really steady for his age. Like the way he defends is really impressive. That dude behind tra- uh, Thomas Shabbat is going to be uh, very nice in the nation's capital for a number of years. Tyler, a team that has really outperformed expectations so far this year, the Philadelphia Flyers, who's underrated on them? Yeah, I watched this team play live this week, and this player scored. He scored a goal in the game, and it's Joel Farabee, a.k.a. Beezer. If you're wearing Nikita Kucherov's number, you better be good, and you better be able to put the puck in the back of the net. That's what Joel Farabee can do. He's dealt with a few injuries here and there, but hopefully he has passed that, and I think Joel Farabee is going to be a big part of the top six for John Tortorella in the future. Yeah, I think uh, I think next time that I set up a draft, I'm just going to put myself first overall every time because I've lost half the players that I wanted here. Um, I am going to go with Scott Lawton. He's been a steady depth piece there. Again, locker room guy, kills penalties, wins face-offs, and he's always just mucking and grinding out there. That is a, a guy that we skipped on when we were highlighting some tort style players on the Flyers earlier this year. That is a torts guy. And I think he's going to have a good year because of it. Um, maybe a team takes a fire on him at the trade deadline. Cause I, I think that that dude's a winner. He's a competitor and uh, that makes it fun to watch. Uh, Mac, who have you got? I think going near the top of their team right now, but it's a guy that nobody really talks about is Travis Konechny uh he's got over a point per game right now and he's he hasn't touched that in his career but he's had over 60 points in his in his uh career there 2019 he had 61 points in 66 games it's kind of got back to that like not scoring role right now under torts so hopefully he keeps that up 
Yeah. The only reason he's been in the news this year is that Matthews debacle and Mike Rupp covering it and everything else that went viral this week online. But um, again, just a, a tort style shit disturber there in Konechny, which makes hockey fun, boys. It makes hockey fun. Tyler, Pittsburgh, seven game losing streak. Hard to find somebody that uh, needs a little more appreciation right now. But who you got? I'm going back to the well, boys. I'm going back to the blue line. Marcus Pedersen. This guy was traded from Anaheim to Pittsburgh for Daniel Sprong, and it was a great acquisition for the Pittsburgh Penguins. You can argue he's a top-pairing defenseman. He does play a lot of minutes, especially with Chris Letang sometimes. But, hey, a perfect top-four guy who can shut it down at the end of games and really provide you some minutes just doing everything that a coach wants a defenseman to do. So they got Latang to put the puck in the net at some point. P.O. Joseph will do that. But for now, Marcus Pedersen is a guy that they can really rely on back there. I like that. Mac, what do you see? Oh, we're talking right to me here. All right. Uh, I'm going to take Brian Rust. He kind of falls behind on that top line behind uh, Gensel and Crosby. And I think he's more of a backbone on that line that people give it credit for, for sure. Yes, yes. Uh, I had a hard time with Pittsburgh. Um, I'm going to go with Jason Zucker. Um, He's nothing flashy. He's nothing crazy, but he's a guy that never gets talked about. He's a good depth fantasy guy. And um, I feel like anytime you check a box score, he was uh, doing something, which is good enough for me. Pittsburgh seven game losing streak uh tampa bay another one that's tough just because they've been in the spotlight the limelight so much the last couple of years i hope i'm picking a, a good one here i'm going with ross colton guy had over 20 goals last year he's off to a good start again this year he had nine and half a season the year before so uh nine and 30 games even better the year before so he's just a depth piece third line center second line power play that's uh doing some good work in tampa um, he scores gritty area goals and always got to love that. So uh, with all the big names on Tampa, Ross Colton's my guy. Uh, Mac, what do you see? I'm going big name here, and and maybe that's not a good thing for an underrated draft, but Steven Stamkos, in the terms of goal scoring prowess and how good he, like how good of a goal scorer he is, is not put up there with the rest of the good goal scorers in this league. He's hit 40 goals so many times in his career. He had 60 back in the day. And he's got seven and 12 games right now. So, you know, 50 goal pace right now. So hopefully he gets there. I I honestly can't argue it. Ever since he got hurt, like, I feel like people kind of put him so far below that tier of players that he was once named with. And um, as much as it feels weird to name a top 10, top 20 player in the league, an underrated player, <laughs> he is honestly probably underrated. Tyler, what do you see? First of all, no, this is the first one we disagree on right at the end, though. We're at the end. We agreed on all our underrated players, but I, I don't think Steven Stamkos is underrated whatsoever. I'm going to go with a forward, though. I'm going with Brandon Hagel, and I'm not going to dive too deep into Hagel right now. Um, love what he brings to that. Another, another former Blackhawk, too. Yeah, another former Blackhawk. I think the trend is continuing, guys. Um, but Brandon Hagel is my underrated player, and I'm going to save my Brandon Hagel speech for when we do people forget. Okay. Okay. Well, a little, uh, little teaser there for the folks at home. Um, Mac, probably hard to find somebody underrated on the most talked about team on the planet, but the Toronto Maple Leafs, what do you see? I don't know. I think it's pretty easy. Nobody talks ever about Timothy Lilligren. Damn that it. guy is so unbelievable back there and it's already showing in the one game he's played. I mean, their defense looks so much better on Saturday than it had the rest of the season. And he just, just the ability to keep things going in the offensive zone get out of the defensive zone clean. It's a, he's so good in so many areas of the ice. Yes, he's not physical, these fans. Who cares? He's so good. Yeah, I 
That was going to be my pick for sure. He, like you said, he stepped in last night, played with Morgan Riley, and he was honestly the best defenseman on the Leafs last night. So uh, it's weird that a 23-year-old who hasn't played a full season is your savior on the blue line, but Timothy Rilligren, that guy's uh, analytical darling, eye test darling, <laughs> the guy that you just got to love as a Leafs fan there. Um, I'm going to follow the, uh, nope, it's Tyler's pick, so I'm going to shut up. Oh, all right. I'll go with uh, Ilya. Don't call me Samsonov anymore. Ilya Samsonov. We hope he's okay after getting in- injured in that aforementioned Bruins game. But Ilya Samsonov, I touched on him a few pods ago when we talked goaltenders. I think he is a number one goaltender in the National Hockey League. And guys, he's proving it to me at least so far this season early on with the Toronto Maple Leafs. I thought this in Washington. He comes over. He bets on himself on a one-year deal in one of the biggest markets in the world sports-wise. And Ilya Samsonov still is underrated. And I know both of you guys agree with that. Yeah, I, well, I'm not going to say can't, if I can't agree argue, can't not, argue it. Can't argue it with the stats right now through the first, uh, you know, seven or eight games he's played. Yeah. It, it is funny that last night he, so it came out that he hurt his knee on that Marshawn penalty shot, right? That was five minutes into the second period. He played the rest of the second yeah. period, then didn't come out to the third. So like you said, hope he's okay for uh least fan sanity there. Um, My pick going the Mac route a little bit here to Tyler. I kind of hoped you would take him so that I didn't have to, but John Tavares is underrated. Like that guy has been absolutely trashed and shit on the last couple of years. And up until, what, four days ago, he was the only one of the big players on the Leafs that was showing up. Like, John Tavares is underappreciated. His skating's never been good. We're never going to be impressed by his foot speed or anything. But that goal he had where he burnt Sanheim, vintage Tavares there. His hands are back in front of the net. The last couple of years, Mac, I know you and I have talked about it at nauseum, where he just couldn't get pucks off the ice. If he was in the slot the last three years since he hurt his hands or whatever, he could not get the puck off the ice. It was wild to watch. He's back to full health and that guy is going to again put up a point per game that's what he does he's going to be a hall of famer tyler i know we had that conversation with alberga a couple weeks ago it's it's crazy that he's up there but somehow being the captain of the toronto maple leafs he's an underrated player um mac washington here last team in the east bring us home yeah i think nick might know where i'm going with this but uh darcy kemper is my guy uh and all of my uh history of underrated list he's always been on there he's showing again this year yes last year you can say oh well you know Colorado a good team in front of him sure he still played great in the playoffs <clears throat> right now he's got a 919 save percentage on a team that looks terrible in Washington defensively and he's still looked good so I'm still keeping him on my underrated list because people still write him up yeah remind me to talk about Washington next episode fellas because they're something right now and it's not something good um, Tyler, what do you got there in uh, Washington? Yeah, I might as well go back to the well, boys. I'm going back to the blue line. A guy that plays top four minutes, plays with Nick Jensen, I think, but it's Martin Farivari. Man, Slovakia is tossing out some really, really good talent right now. <laughs> and maybe you wouldn't say talent for Martin Farivari, but uh, man, tough to get by this guy. I think he's slowly but surely going to turn into a really good defenseman, maybe like Marcus Pedersen, maybe like a Henry Yoki Haru who's played a few more seasons than him. But uh, yeah, I'm going with a uh, big number 42 on the back end, Nick. I like that pick. I like that pick. I waffled around with him a little bit. Um, Again, pissed at the names that you're making me spell on this graphic here. Uh, But I'm going to go with a nice, easy spelling one, Anthony Mantha. I feel like ever since he left Detroit, he was hurt, so he didn't play right away. That first year in Washington wasn't talked about much, but this dude's got a crazy shot. I love the way that he plays. Big body and um, 
I mean, obviously a different player than Ovechkin, but that's a dude who can learn from Ovechkin, right? Both huge bodies, hard shots, shoot between legs. Like he's got to just be following Ovi around with a notepad there in Washington the last couple of years here. And um, I like the way that he plays. So he sneaks onto my list here. Um, fellas, we made it through that pretty quick. We did it. No real hostility. Tyler, what's the pick that you hated most on this board? Oh, Stammer, without a doubt. I even kind of agreed with the John Tavares pick uh, by you, Nick. But yeah, St- Steven Stamkos for me uh, was the one I, the only one I disagreed with. I'm shocked I only disagree with one. Wow. Okay, Mac, what about you? Uh, that's so similar to the Tavares pick, but that's fine. I'll let that one go. I think the, the, the I don't even know how to say it, the Fair Barbie pick. Uh, Fair I Barbie, think Jen- yeah. Jensen kind of lifts him up a little bit there, in my opinion. Okay. But that's fine. Okay. They're both, I think they're both underrated to be honest. So that's, I agree with that as well. But uh, Jensen was on my list over him. So, okay. I, uh, I will take that. Um, Tyler, I'm going to say Pelic. I think Pelic and Pulak are, if you, if you end up on Isles Twitter, you're in a rabbit hole of Pelic and Pulak. Maybe you, yeah. uh, maybe you haven't fallen down that one as many times as I have recently. But um, I feel like he's gotten a lot of credit the last couple of years. Great player, as you said, no questioning that. But um, I feel like he might have gotten his dues before. But um, I mean, overall, pretty painless, fellas. Nobody's fighting here. So um, we're gonna do the Western Conference probably in two weeks. Here, Tyler is on vacation next week, so he's got a full week and a half to find more defensive defensemen and names that I can't spell, <laughs> and then we'll come back to this. Uh, but let's wrap things up here, fellas. With people forget, Mac. How far back are we going this time? We're going way back to the 19, 1919, 20 season. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> uh, before the Quebec Nordiques, there was another Quebec team, the Quebec Athletics, who then became the Hamilton Tigers. But again, Quebec has had two teams in the NHL. Both have failed. So Quebec, keep whining, keep whining about Arizona. You're not going to get another team. Interesting. I honestly didn't know that. So that's a that's a good one there. Um, but I guess I wasn't born back then. So uh, I'm hard to hard to know. Tyler, what's uh what do you got this week for people forget? Yeah, I'm not going over 100 years ago. I'm I'm going just a few seasons back to when the Buffalo Sabres drafted Brandon Hagel. They drafted Brandon Hagel in 2016. He had some injuries in junior. I think he tore up his knee. Then the next year he got injured again. And Buffalo said, eh, screw it. We're going to relinquish the rights of this guy. Maybe he's going to be an injury-prone player. No, the Chicago Blackhawks saw something. They signed him to an entry-level deal. And then in junior, he had one of the best WHL seasons a player can have. He had like 100-plus points, whatever it was. And Hagel has gone on to do great things. We've touched on the trade to Tampa Bay where it was like two players, a third, a first. Brandon Hagel, man, the Buffalo Sabres let this guy get away. So people definitely forget that. Yeah, I like that. Mac, did you know that he was drafted there? I knew he was not drafted to Chicago, but I didn't know he was drafted to Buffalo. And quickly, Montreal even had him at training camp at one point. They invited him, and they didn't keep him around. So even Montreal lost out on Brandon Hagel. Interesting, interesting. Okay, One of the smart asset choices by the Hawks, apparently. Yeah, for sure. Shout out to last week's Say Something Nice segment. Uh, My my people forget it's going to be a little bit different again this week. Mine is people forget that Ziggy Palfy retired midseason in 0506, despite being at 42 points in 42 games on the season. So what? if you don't remember the story, he was having an electric year point per game for however many seasons in a row. He got absolutely crunched at center ice by Darcy Hordacek. 
And the next day, packed his bag and said, I'm gone. I'm done. I'm retiring. And they said, oh, like, okay, I guess if you're retiring, like, we can't stop you. But he didn't retire. He went and played five seasons back home in Slovakia straight after that, went home and played five full seasons, put up a million points over there, and he's a legend. He was scoring, like, 77 points a game. Like, it was ridiculous. The guy was a globetrotter back home in Slovakia. So one of my favorite ones there, Ziggy Palfi, got rocked by Hordachuk and said, you know what? I don't need this. Went back yeah. home. Nick, that's the best people forget we've had so far. Thank you. So talking about underrated players, man, Zygmunt Paul, if you, we'll call him Ziggy or Zygmunt, whatever he wants to be called. Mm-hmm. But yeah, he was super underrated back in the day. But that's a, that's a good one, man. Darcy Hordachuk, what a monster. Yeah, and some sick hair on Paul Fee back in the day, too. Yeah. That guy was a cheat code in like Chell 04, <laughs> 05 around those years. Oh, unreal. Um, fellas, I think that just about does it here for episode seven. Mac, Tyler, any final thoughts? Nothing for me. No, I just wish wish me luck, boys. Yeah, I'll uh, send me an IV out there to Dominican Republic, and uh, I'll be in contact with you guys if uh, if I'm able to. But hey, there's a 24 hour sports bar at the resort, so I'll be watching a pl- plenty of hockey. You better be. You better be. Know your role. Uh, but let's see. Uh, let's see what we got in stock next week, fellas. We'll uh, we'll try to get a guest on here for everybody, and uh, we'll see if the Penguins can uh, shed this losing streak. But that's gonna do it for episode seven of the Hockey Collective show. Check us out on socials at Hockey Collective. On behalf of Tyler Matteras, Mac Fleming, and myself, thanks for listening.